Welcome to episode flirty 30 of Story Mode, a video game podcast. The official podcast of StoryModeGaming.com. Brought to you by Fan Critical. I'm your host, Jesse Munro, and I am joined today slash tonight slash this morning by Keelan Simpson. Hello. And Simon Evans. Time is irrelevant and I won't be told otherwise. Exactly, time is irrelevant. I didn't even have time to come up with cool nicknames for you guys. I think by the end of this podcast, by the end of this podcast, by episode 50, so we've got 20 more, I will come up with solidified nicknames for you both. Disappointing, okay. Jesse. This is a this is a milestone and you didn't have anything for us. Very sad. Fine, y- your nicknames are <laughs> fucking Sasquatch and Simon is the buzz. The buzz. Why the buzz? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, I'm actually looking at my recording software. There is actually a little bit of a buzz happening. So well, there you go. That's why Jesse, I consent. And my, to nickname those are can, fine. my nickname can be "Hey Jesse, use your actual microphone." Unlike last week. <laughs> Sorry about that. Anyone who listened to the podcast last week, I was using the wrong headset. <laughs> my audio was all over the shop. Uh, great time. Was I really had. hope I sound crisp now. How, how are you guys going? Good. Yeah, very good. Very good. Cool. I'm glad you guys gave us a lot to really jump off from from there. Hey, uh, hey, hey Jesse, Jesse. <laughs> How you doing? Good. <laughs> Thank you. Just quickly, Jesse, I have been playing the greatest strategy game known to man, Age of Mythology. I've been playing through it again, and it is absolutely yep, very fantastic. Good. Um, Sorry, can you do me a favor when you edit this? Can you put it a, an applause there? I don't want to clap. Because yeah. You put like rapturous applause there because I am very happy with you. Yeah, absolutely. Age of Mythology is the shit. It is. Uh, I can't believe that I waited this long to replay this game. It just feels so solid. The systems are beautiful. The voices. Oh, man. Oh, I just like. Uh, I'm excited about Age of Empires 4, but I would, I would let it go in a heartbeat for Age of Mythology 2. Yeah. Agreed. The version I have also has uh, Chinese mythology because they've got the HD remaster. Um, and I think well, the HD remaster was done by a studio in Melbourne. <laughs> I could be wrong there, but they added in Chinese mythology in there, and they just they, they barely touched it. <laughs> it's like oh. it's a dragon now. <laughs> like uh. nothing else. Then one of the coolest things about mytholo- Age of Mythology, and something that we'll speak about in a in a game coming up later in the episode, um, is finding out like the the rich lore of mythology and finding out all these creatures you never knew about. Mm. Um, I love that. So- there's sort of like a, a a little blurb when you click on a unit. You can go into this little information pane and it gives you just uh, information about the, the, the lore, the background to the mythology and everything. It's absolutely fascinating. I learned so much when I was a kid. And I, I've been investing my time into something that's almost the polar opposite of that, which is a, um, a thing called Blaseball. Blaseball? Yeah, what? so baseball but with an L after the B. And it's basically, it's a fictional... It's, it's like basically. a fantasy fantasy baseball league with completely fictional teams and players, and it's just the most ridiculous thing. It's um, referred to as the cultural event of the internet at the moment um, because it. <laughs> I've been engrossed in this for like the past three weeks, and it's just getting better every single week. So you the sit there and you watch this? like little text boxes of like these fictional teams playing baseball against each other, and it's really good. 
Kansas City Breathments are the fucking best team, and I won't hear a word against it. The Kansas City Breathments. What did this show become? That name has earned it a Google. I'm going to go look that yeah, actually, up. Yeah, actually, I'm glad to get into vision. it because it is, it's just a fun fictional thing. And like, you can, you can bet on every game and it's just complete. It's, it's, you can bet on every game, but it's not real money at all. And then you can use your money to like upgrade your passive income and blah, blah, blah. And all sorts of like little bits and pieces. And yeah, mm. I completely recommend looking into this because the, there's, <laughs> the best thing about it is the fan base have gotten really into like creating lore for all of these characters. So for example, there's a guy called Axel Trollolol and, uh, <laughs> the running joke is that he's not actually a man. He wants to be a car. And he has a literal arm cannon to help him pitch. So he's one of the best pitchers in the game. Oh. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Appropriate response. So so we're having some sort of group think fever dream right now. Uh, I got really excited though when you when you first said this, because I thought you were gonna say you've been watching a lot of Blurns Ball, and that's the baseball from Futurama. No. And I was about to go really deep into Futurama lore. Alright, let's <laughs> let's sidestep that one for now. But baseball, oh, yes, man. Google it, check it out. Kansas City Breath. Learn the ball, watch Futurama. Make them bring it back. <laughs> Who's them? Who knows? Let's get into the news, though. Um, this is something that we we attached onto the last episode because it sort of came out of nowhere um, between the time for recording and the time of releasing. My greatest fear every <laughs> yeah. every um, for the last few weeks, I'm just like, you watch. Could we, we normally record? on a Sunday and we get release we release it on a Tuesday. I'm like, you watch. You watch. The prices will drop and we'll have to scrap everything and do it all again. And I've been freaking out the last few weeks. And then it happened last week. Not even because of now this is in regards to the Xbox price leaks. Not even because of Microsoft officially announcing it with a fucking leak. Yeah. Anyway. And- Simon, we haven't got your thoughts on it. So the Series S what do you think of the Series S? We finally got our first look at it. I think the the visually speaking, one thing I really like is the size. And it's tiny. That's the only thing so I that's the only thing about it I like. Um in terms of like the physical appearance, that is. Okay. I think the black grill bit on it makes it just look like a shitty smart speaker. So I'm not a fan okay, of that. I was really against it at first when I first saw that, but now like the more I've looked into it, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. It needed to have just one big fuck off cheap fan. Well, not cheap fan, but one big fuck off fan because it's cheaper than of course redoing the whole architecture to make it a lot you know cool properly. So, uh, like, I I get the practicality of it, but I'm not a fan of the design. I don't like the way it looks. It looks like it's a fucking like PDA system that you'd have at like a average school. Did you guys see the um? In in a previous Microsoft showcase, Phil Spencer had it behind him. Yeah, and it was that small that nobody noticed. Yeah, yeah. I that is a baller move. Oh yeah, Milky Spencer. Hell's yeah, buddy. Yeah. Um, but other than that, um, spec wise, I mean, look, it's kind of what we expected. We expected it to be more of an entry point into uh, the Xbox library, as it were. Um, and the fact that it's all digital as well, which is something I want to get back to. Um, and yeah, 1440p instead of 4K is... Instead of 4K. I want to jump into that f- real quickly. Um, this, this is from John Linneman um, of Digital Foundry. Quote, if you're playing an Xbox One game on the Xbox Series S, 
it's not going to be the Xbox One X version of the game. You're not going to get the 360 4K backwards compatibility or things like that. The Xbox One X has 9 gigs of system memory available to titles. The Series S has 8. It's still lower than the Xbox One X, so I so I think it's almost a foregone conclusion that the backwards com compatibility will be drawing upon Xbox One S as opposed to Xbox One X. Now, f first of all, reading all that out, Microsoft, you could not have fucked up your naming conventions more. Holy shit. Yeah. One S, One X, Series S, Series X. So the one was the previous one, and the new series is called the series. Basically, it means that, yeah, if you get the, the S, your games, your previous generation games, won't get the same boost as they would on a Series X. X. Now, I mean, when you look at the specs, you look at them and it's like, okay, no, that makes sense. It's, it's clearly here. I worry a little bit about people who aren't looking at the specs. They just want to buy the, the, the new shiny box, which is, hey, fair enough. Their price, and we'll get into the price in a moment, they're at a price point where you can sort of get one of these just almost on a whim. Mm. Uh, again, because of all access, and we'll get to that in a moment. So it, it does kind of worry me that you're getting two very different, not very different, but different versions of the console um, output. Will, will the PlayStation do that? Because the PlayStation will have a, a physical, you know, disk drive version and the all digital version i i wonder if that because that'll be a selling point if, if if they can come out and say hey you'll be playing the same like upper res versions on either console i think that would be the yes, case you would expect they that. need to push yeah. that hard because the, um, the ps5 um even the discless version the one without the disk drive is the same fucking size as the one with it's the, the same disk drive. console yeah, it's, it's, it's the, the same, same thing. thing. Whereas the Series X and the um, the Series S are different consoles. Yes, I think Sony. So, and we'll get into Sony a bit more in a moment. Uh, but I think they really need to push that point home because I think this is something that not everyone has realized, and not everyone will fully understand. It could definitely be communicated. It's not the better. biggest deal. It's not a big deal. Um, Keelan in the pre-show you kind of said. People who aren't looking at the sort of specs are probably not the people who will notice the difference between the 1080 and the um, the 1440 and the oh, it's We've got to buy a new console for little Timmy because they just came out. Let's buy the cheap one, right? They're going to buy yeah. the Xbox Series X uh, S. Sorry, see, it is difficult. Even I admit <laughs> it's <that>. really difficult. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to buy the Xbox Series S, and then they're going to plug it into their 1080p crappy TV. Uh, they're not going to be able to Take physically that, tell the difference. TV. They're not going to be able to tell the difference between the output of an Xbox Series X and an Xbox Series S. But so I agree. not super what important. What happens then when they get told that? Mm. When they find out I that see this is when when the shoe drops, the other shoe drops on this. Okay, they buy it. They think it's fine. They think it's, I'm getting the same power here as the Series X. Okay, playing on a shitty TV, I'm noticing a difference. Then old mate Bill comes around and tells me, hey, do you know this is less powerful? Suddenly, I think people would be like, I wasn't told that. This, a, this wasn't this I don't wasn't think everyone well thinks that way. But it's, I, I think that they've gone an interesting route here because you don't need to play at 4K. Because honestly, man, if I look at something at 1440p that's running on my Xbox One X and then I look at um, something that runs at 4K on the Xbox One X, 
there's a little difference there. There's, there's not a major difference. I have to like sit close to the screen to actually be able to discern. So, so like these are like 10 year consoles. So 4K TVs and stuff like that will become the norm in the next few years. Yeah, 100%. They're, they're more, already pretty. So mostly it already are. Maybe the shoe's going to drop in five years from now when people get this brand new TV to complement this new, the relatively new still um, system they've got. They want to play Halo Wars 8 or whatever is going to be out. Um, Don't ever name Senua, a game. Maybe Senua's Sacrifice will be out by then. Um, and they want to play it on the, on this 4K TV and that's when they notice the difference. And then, I don't know. then it, you'll it, see the Xbox Series S. Point five. I don't know. How are they going to increment yeah, it? Fuck it. <laughs> There's uh, definitely well, going to be a the, mid-gen update for this generation I even too, saw like there was. a rumor going around of an Xbox Series V, which was going to be a, like, the midway point between the two. It's like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. Yeah. Like this, and, like, it's clearly fake, but so many people were like, fuck, that let's, maybe. Let's be clear to hear what Microsoft have done, though. They're saying that we're going to release these two consoles and they're going to be different and they're going to target different people who want different things. Yeah, You're going to be able to play our service, the Xbox Game Pass service, on either one of these. You're going to have backwards compatibility with all of our console games throughout since the beginning of the Xbox series of consoles on all of these consoles. Yeah. Blinks the time cap, and baby. if you don't want to buy an Xbox console, then you can play these Xbox games elsewhere as well using this service. I love that they've oh. done this. I think on, it's really second on the, the service of, too much. Hmm? Sorry, go on, sorry. Uh, I was going to say on the note of backwards compatibility, when they officially announced, well, revealed the Series S, that was something I thought was incredible at the speed of which the quick pause and the quick resume came into play, even with older games oh right yeah you're you're that was awesome that was so 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 cool and that's a really appealing feature to me but i I think think the whole like the load speed and stuff in both the next gen consoles that is going to be the most notable thing when we fire these things up in a few months um let's roll into pricing because this goes into um the whole game pass thing the s is 499 australian and the X is seven forty nine. Now, Keelan and myself shared our thoughts on last week's episode. Simon, what do you think of those prices? Too expensive. Um, really? I think the Series S is too expensive. I, I agree. I think the Series X. Is, I think if you, if we dropped both of them by about fifty dollars, perfect. I think as it stands right now, nah. Especially given the current socioeconomic climate in which a lot of people are, you know, struggling to keep their heads above water, given everything that's going on. It's not Microsoft's responsibility to to make up that diff. No, of course. But I'm just saying that, you know, if you're hell-bent on pushing a console release in this year of all years... Got the bad year. Like, you've got... You have to take that into account. You can't, you know, be completely ignorant of it. Um, and yeah, like mm, I don't know. I think if they dropped the price by fifty bucks for both of them, that'd be spot on. Otherwise, I feel no, like clarify with these prices a little bit because I saw a lot of people online getting mad about this. Why isn't a straight up conversion from the US prices? Yeah, which because is we have thing. sales tax guys. and we have GST. Okay, guys, chill. <laughs> I saw so much shit online happening and like so much people just like launching vitriol back and forth, like. 
Australian pricing sucks. We know that. <laughs> Just a PSA to everyone for anything like technology related. You're going to pay more when you're in Australia. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. going to. And this goes for the GPUs that are coming out soon too, everybody. Stop mm-hmm. complaining about it. Just get used to it. Everyone, shut up. This is it. <laughs> um, now, these prices are high, but we can use something called Xbox All Access. Now, this allows us to make payments on the Xbox console over the course of 24 months. It's kind of like a phone plan. So you'll pay off your Xbox console and get Game Pass Ultimate with it. Now, uh, our variant Lauren McLean over on Story Mode storymodegaming.com almost forgot our website um, did a really good breakdown of what how much money you'll be saving if you use all access before I get into the pricing structure what do you guys think of the whole idea of phone plans for consoles no it's not the first time you've seen something like this is it because I believe Telstra have done an offer and a bundle with With certain plans and yeah with the Xbox I think uh, yeah, I think it's been done before, but I think this is the largest scale. I, th- I think this on. is the first time it's coming directly from the console producers themselves. Yeah. Previously, mm-hmm. as I said, I think it was done with Telstra, and I think it's been done a couple of times in the US with f- certain mobile carriers. But this is the first time it's actually coming from the producer, like from from the actual you know company. And I'll, I'll like I'm it. not against it at all. I think it's a pretty good deal. I think it's a fantastic deal, honestly. Like this, this Ooh. makes it a lot more accessible. Like dropping close to eight hundred dollars in a m- single month, especially like you said, um, Simon. Like in this current economy, dropping eight hundred bucks at once sucks mm. so yeah. much. Yeah, but paying in installments. I mean, people are used to installments with their phone. Um, you know, energy companies are like that. Netflix. You can pay your bills and stuff in installments. Uh, Afterpay and ZipPay and all that type of stuff. People are used to paying installments. And it can kind of help you control your, your finances a lot more. Again, everyone's going to be a little bit different. Um, so I really hope people are just like, oh, you know, I've got 50 bucks this month. I don't know if I'll have 50 bucks ne- next month, but I'm going to get a console. I People are going to fall in the trap and that's going to suck. But anyway. Yeah, it's, so it's similar, similar caveats as with mobile plans. Um, you know, you, yeah. you have to take that into account that this is an ongoing thing and you have to budget that into your monthly expenditures or your fortnightly expenditures or whatever. You know, you have to take that into account. You can't just sort of go, oh, yeah, it's only $50 now. Yeah, sure. Why not? And then hate We're yourself three months David later. Kosh on to talk about finances. Oh, wait, I won't. We won't because he says a lot of racist shit. Um <laughs> And we Cop don't approve. Koshy. Yeah, dickhead. Ugh, David Kosh, what a wanker. <laughs> Xbox Series S. Now look at let's look at this. We buying it all separately. And then getting it with the the, the, the pass. So outright price without Game Pass for the Series S is $499. Game Pass Ultimate for two years comes to $393.95. That's a total of $892.95. Or, or you can pay $33 per month for 24 months, get Game Pass Ultimate and the Series S. In total, you'll be spending $792, which is a saving off over 100 bucks. For the Series X, the outright price without the Game Pass Ultimate is $749. Game Pass Ultimate for two years is at $393.95 mark. That's a total of $1,142.95. Or 
46 bucks a month for 24 months comes to 1,104 and you save about 40 bucks. It's not, again, it's not huge, but it's not burning a hole directly into your pocket in one, one, one day mm-hmm. um, on, the, on the launch day. I like the convenience as well. You know, you yeah. got this yeah. one payment, then you got all of those services covered. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I like that factor a lot. Very much considering this. So uh, I believe everything goes on pre-order on the 22nd, I want to say, so in a few weeks. Um, will you guys be getting one? Either, either, will you be getting an Xbox? I, I assume so. One of you, at least one of you will be. Um, not and on launch so day. which one will you be getting, the S or the X? Not getting one on launch day. I'm not getting one on launch either. I may pick one up, but unlikely yeah. this generation with the way things yeah. are going, Jesse. Yeah. I'll see you on day one, Xbox Series X, baby. You big, thick boy. This thing is oh, it's such a chunky, it's such a chunky one. Look, let me, let me oh. put it this way. I'm, I am a big fan of the way like this console generation is like this upcoming console generation is shaping up. I love the look of the Xbox. The Xbox is ticking a lot of boxes for me, but it isn't, it's just not quite enough to make me go, yep, that's it. That's the one I want. And it's out of a thing there. And They're ticking a lot of boxes. You should have been like Xing a lot of boxes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, <sighs> it's, it's crossing a lot of boxes for me. Hey. Anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, I know there's plenty of stuff which I do like, and if you think this is the console for you, hundred percent, you know, go go grab it on day one. You you do you, but as far as I'm concerned, I'm not not going to grab it. So what does Sony do here? We've got a uh, PlayStation Five showcase happening for Australia. It'll be uh, six a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time on Thursday. God, that's four a.m. Thursday morning. We'll wake up. Yeah, we're going to wake up early for that one. No. No doubt we're going to be getting prices and a a release date. We'll also be getting a look at some um, games. So judging from what I've seen on Twitter, uh, we'll at least be getting more of a look at Horizon um, Forbidden West. That's the one. I was going to say Forbidden Dawn. Forbidden West. Um, I I think Sony's going to come out with with at least one whole shit reveal here because they have been put in the back foot. The Microsoft reveal happened a week before it was meant to. So Sony's like, oh shit, everyone's out fawning over this. Everyone's in love, at least in the in the US, with the price point of the Series S. Um, the X is about what was expected. They cannot be higher than that. No. They had, either no. have to match it or be lower. So it's a I fascinating It's got to be in the middle. Situation. Yeah. In the middle reckon, of those two consoles. Mm-hmm. I reckon well, it's ca- going to come down, uh, if you take the Series X um, Australian price point as an example, drop it by about 100 du- bucks, should be fine. So uh, even if they dropped I, it by I, I 50 bucks, that. they yeah. sold it for 699 that's it, game over. Yeah. I, I, I think the the Big Daddy, the, the, the physical version, will be 750 for both. I think the digital version of the PS5 will be a little bit more expensive than the um, Series S, but they will push things like, hey, yeah, it's 4K capable, whereas the competitor is not. Mm. They'll really push that because these are just buzzwords that people will latch onto and be like, cool, I'm getting the more powerful one. It's not that much more. It's it's the same thing, but I'm getting the more powerful one. And also, I think Sony just brings 
that sort of legacy with it coming out of this current gen, it's it's the games. Yeah, you can play a lot of games for cheap on the Xbox with Game Pass, but the games that we're speaking about from the last gen are basically all PlayStation. Well, uh, talking about legacy, um, every like Sony has won every console generation it's been involved in. From the PS1 all the way through to now, it's it's been the winner. In terms of se- in terms of just pure sales numbers, it has won every single generation. Even the PS3, Xbox 360, which was really close, the PS3 ended up winning by the end. I think even if you take away sales, it's always won public perception. I would I disagree think about think- the 360 and PS3 generation, but otherwise, yes. Yeah, uh, that's. I was going to say I'd argue that on the PS3 front, but yes, otherwise, one hundred percent. I like PS3, even though mine broke and I had to buy another one. But whatever. Now there is a possible leaked date for the PS5. Now, hey, there's a good chance you'll be listening to when you listen to this. It's already announced, and I sound like a massive dickhead here. Hey, it is what it is. <laughs> regardless of whether or not you think it's <laughs> regardless right. if this is right or wrong, <laughs> I just sound like a massive dickhead. Um. Now, I was doing some research for this uh, podcast, and I was reading up a Tom's Guide, and uh, they put out the date of November 20, and I'll put out the reasons here, and tell me what you think. So, Amazon Japan had a bunch of peripherals releasing November 20. That could just be a placeholder date. Think, make of that what you will. Fortnite is dropping a new update on November 17th that says it will be released, quote, in time for the release of the PlayStation 5. So... Any PlayStation 5 release would have to happen post-November 17. History is any guide. PlayStation always releases the new consoles on a Friday. you got two Fridays to pick from then. You have the 20th, or you have the 27th. 27th of November is Black Friday. You, you would not do that. Has to be the 20th. Yeah. Lock it in. I reckon, that's a, yeah. I reckon that's a good estimate. And, I mean, we were talk- we've talked about it previously as well, and it, I think that's probably the latest date they can release the console without it having an impact on the sales for that Christmas you, period. You don't want to go too deep into Christmas because mm-hmm. you almost want your second wave of consoles to be hitting around Christmas or even just past and be like, hey, little Timmy. Why is it always little Timmy in these situations? It's coming soon, blah, 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 blah. Moving on to our next topic, though. You know what else is coming out November 20th? Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Thank you, Dates, for giving me a segue. Um, so th- this is a... This came out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. This was just mm. dropped on Nintendo's Twitter, like, social media a few, day- a few days ago. I'm like, oh, okay, Nintendo, cool. Nintendo, please stop doing this. My heart I like can't it. I like it. It keeps, it keeps me alive. It's giving me a heart palpitation. <laughs> um, now, this Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity is a hack-and-slash prequel to Breath of the Wild. Set a hundred years before the calamitous events of that game. Um, in High Warriors, you battle as Link, Zelda, Rivali, Daruk, Mifa, and Obosa, the the champions um, that were spoken about in Breath of the Wild. Um, it's 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 just it's just one of the Warriors game. It's like Dynasty Warriors. You're just fighting wave after wave of enemies, and you know what? I'm fucking in. Because Breath of the Wild is definitely a world I need to get back into. Um, now, this is made by Koei Tecmo, the studio behind 2014's Hyrule Warriors. So you've played Simon. Did you like it? Loved it. I think Hyrule, Hyrule Warriors, the definitive edition on Switch, is one of the best hack and slash games you can buy. Because there is Ooh. so much content in there. 
like so fucking much there's the story mode um there's the good and evil paths there's challenge maps there's so many unlockable characters it is 100 percent worth picking up for the sheer amount of content you get now something that's exciting is the team making it is also working closely with the team who made zelda proper um because they want to revolutionize the dynasty formula in the same way that the team behind breath of the wild revolutionized what a zelda game is and we'll be finding out more about the game on the 26th of September at the Tokyo Game Show. There's going to be a 50-minute gameplay breakdown. So, Cool. Cool. I imagine we'll be talking about this game a lot more in future yeah. episodes. Can I just speak about this for a second quickly? No. So, all right, I'm going to do it anyway. So, I don't, uh, I'm, I'm not a huge, massive Nintendo fan. But I do like a lot of their properties. Breath of the Wild is one of the best games that I've played this whole console generation. It's absolutely absolutely jaw-dropping in every single way. Um, One genre of game that I despise with a passion because there's nothing to it and there's no depth is hack and slash Musou-style Dynasty Warrior Koei Tecmo games. I hate them. There's just nothing to it. I hate them so much with a passion. But god damn, this thing looks decent. It actually yeah. looks good. I was not expecting that. I was expecting it to be just more generic, you know, thousand versus one combat and just nothing the to spin-offs it. Spin-offs are usually cheap by design. Yeah, but this so is whenever you hear like higher war is like, okay, great. So w- when I was watching so the trailer, good. my first reaction was, Oh man, Breath of the Wild was so gorgeous. I love yeah. that game so much. And I would just be thrilled to play anything else set in this world. And then this game just delivers that. And it shows bits of gameplay. And you're like, oh, damn. This is actual... This is quality. This is surprisingly good. The cool thing is... I know a lot of people like... Breath of the Wild is very, very very close to a perfect game. But I know a lot of people don't like the combat in the game. I love the combat of Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. One of my biggest things, and I've spoken about it multiple times, is breakable weapons. I think they are spectacular. They add, they are just an unpredictable element to the combat, which just takes it to another level for me. Mm. Did Hyrule Warriors, the last one, didn't have that, I'm guessing. No. Because it was no, set before all the events. I wonder if this one will. I, I doubt I it. I don't think it will. But ah. So it's um, a survival game, I guess. Like Breath of the Wild. This, this the is. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You know, go full fucking Zelda nerd here. Not even. You sorry. weren't already. Uh I was. I was holding back. I was waiting for you guys to finish saying what you guys wanted to say before. For I context here, Simon loose. has a master sword <laughs> and highly <laughs> directly behind. The <laughs> go and, on. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, all I'm missing is the green hat right now for this. Um, he sorry. has the tunic on. You guys no, just can't see that. It's just a bit itchy. <laughs> anyway, um, the great, I guess, sort of debate at the moment surrounding Age of Calamity, so far as the Zelda community is concerned, is whether or not this game will be canon. As in canon to the story of I believe Breath it's of pronounced Ganon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yay, Jesse. <laughs> Put that applause in here as well, Keelan. <laughs> Please don't. Stop derailing the conversation. God damn it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> so, because we we know through the memories that, Link's, that Link unlocks throughout the gameplay of Breath of the Wild about the champions and what they did 
and you know the relationship that Link had with them, but you don't actually get to experience that. It's only ever through memories. So this, if it is canon, could be a really, really good way to expand on those characters, get us more familiar with who they were, how they fought, why were they the champions that were chosen? What made them so special? What were they so good at? Mm. And we get to actually experience this. If it's not canon, cool. It's going to be like a fun hack and slash set in the Breath of the Wild continuity. And I'm here for it. If it is going to be canon, this is going to be fucking insane. Because this will be one of the the few times that a spin-off game has had any actual plot relevance so far as Zelda continuity is concerned. And that's huge. And I'm really, really excited at the, just the prospect of that. The way it was delivered, I, f- I mean, I was definitely under the, under the impression that it was. I didn't know that, sort of, that debate was raging, but I guess oh, we're going nuts. the Zelda continuity continuity is that fucked oh. that it would be a point of contention. Was the original Hyrule Warriors connected to the other games canonically? No, or that's, uh, really a that's a spin-off. It's got its own little self-contained hmm. story because you have um, a lot of contradictory characters, like games that so characters that exist from the three different timelines. Because yes, there's three timelines in Zelda. Because fuck you, that's why um, <laughs> there should only be two. Um, <laughs> there it is. Take it. that, <laughs> whoever. <laughs> Yeah. Whoever um, needs to take that, take yeah. it. <laughs> so with that being said, um, it, yeah, because Hyrule Warriors, as we have it now, is its own little self-contained, fun little side thing. Own self-contained story. Doesn't have any impact. Doesn't have any consequences to it at all. And as I said, lots of contradictory characters are involved. So, you know, oh, well, how can you exist? Because you literally didn't exist, but you did. And then you died. So he could exist. So how can you both be in the same room at the same time? That doesn't make sense. Whereas, you know, if this is canon, this is going to be awesome. I mean, we know it is canon because we kind of know how the story needs to end. and It's not good. I did get sent a meme. Wild, like, all I, did get sent a, fu- I got sent a meme that called this game Suicide Squad Hyrule Warriors. Oh. <laughs> it, it, it is because the only two who survive are Link and Zelda. Correct. Everyone else gets got. And mm-hmm. Zelda doesn't end the whole game, you know, in a good place. And then Link goes for a nap. Mm. Putting it nicely, yes. I just wanted the end game, the game to end like Zelda's like fighting Ganon. It's like, oh, we're gonna be, I'm gonna be struggling here until you can save us. Like, and Link's like, I haven't slept in like a day. This is, I'm wrecked. I've got work in the morning, guys. I'm gonna go <laughs> knock off. Later, bye. Um, From the introduction, Rivali's video, dead, but whatever. <laughs> I think that the, the developer um, from Koi Tecmo was like, I want to tell the story of the war. So to me, that's that seems like it's going to be canon. It seems yeah. like it, but I mean, there's no, there's nothing concrete as of yet. And uh, I want to tell a, I want to tell the story, but that doesn't mean that that of story you're going to tell is the official story. That's true. Yeah, so, I think with any other series, if the trailer kind of said as much as this one does regarding like the connectivity between the stories, you would safely, safely assume. That yet out, like, but with Zelda's timeline. Uh, Zelda's timeline. <laughs> I've seen so many um, breakdowns of it, and as somebody who's not that into Zelda lore, um, I find it absolutely mind blowing. Uh, um, it's it's the biggest clusterfuck I think in modern gaming. It adds to its charm a little bit. Oh, a, like little it. bit. <laughs> a little because bit. Because it gives you so much more freedom making the games as well. 
but my my only I, my only real criticism about the Zelda timeline is that um, obviously we us fans talk about it a lot. So if someone's trying to get into the series and they're like, "Man, this timeline's confusing as fuck," I feel like that could be a bit of a detractor from the experience, and I don't want that. I want people to be able the way the general consensus is: if you're playing a Zelda game, enjoy it for what it is in its own contained yeah. story. Yes, there might be some connotations to things later on, but don't worry about that. You'll get to that later. Just enjoy what you're playing. Well, I think it's also, you can take the mentality off the Zelda games, and this is going way off path. We could do a whole episode on this. But the Zelda games are tales told. Yes. So these are stories being recounted by people. So there are going to be things that don't link up because that's how stories are. The, over time, they fall apart a little bit. So I... With that lens over it, I find it really charming. If maybe that was intended, maybe it wasn't. Who knows? Don't know. But I, I, I sort of look at it under that lens that these are, these are the legends. This is the legend of Zelda. These are tales being told. Um, but again, we'll save that for another episode. It's time to move on to our next topic. Ubisoft Forward event happened last week. This is the second Ubisoft Forward event of the year. Um, I'm not sure if we're getting another one, but this is where they come together and reveal all their stuff digitally because they don't have, you know, the same um, kind of events like E3 and stuff like that. Now, off the bat, I just want to just touch upon some some fuckery that really, really mm-hmm. is, is shit. It's really shit behavior by the company. So Ubisoft um, has been accused of a lot of uh, sexual harassment and, and other things in the last few years, to be honest. But over the last few months, it's really come to a head. And a lot of people have left the company, which is good. And it was sort of... Um, I, I kind of thought that Ubisoft, okay, cool, you, you're accepting what's happened here. You're going to go on the front foot and you're going to start to fix things. Now... Sexual harassment stuff like that is rife throughout the gaming community. It's disgusting. And companies need to start taking a stand. This is not how you take a stand. You do not apologize for the bullshit conditions at your company and the behavior of employees and ex-employees in a separate video released on your Twitter before your stream. Boo. Because they knew that this was going to be buried under uh, under all the announcements. As soon as they they release this, twenty minutes later, cool, you have forty different videos above it. No one's looking at this. There were some people who looked at it, obviously saw it when it first came out, and they responded saying, "Hey, why is this part of your stream?" So they which they responded, basically due to you know we felt like we needed to say this, but due to time constraints, we couldn't make this part of the official feed. Your feed went for three and a half fucking hours. <laughs> you had a minute. Ubisoft need to get in the front foot like they kept saying they're going to and started the stream proper saying hey guys we got a bunch of games coming up but first we need to address some shit that's happening can I, and they didn't and it was so disappointing can I add into this this isn't the first time they've pulled this bullshit either they did it with the last Ubisoft forward but we didn't mm. even get a video for that we just got a tweet we and got to tweet with the last one I, I with the last one, the revelations came out like a day beforehand. They needed a moment to be like, well, okay, we need to address this properly. We can't rush, rush me out. That one, I don't want to say it's forgivable because I don't, I don't want to throw that term around in this sort of connotation. It's absolutely but not I, forgivable. I kind of, I kind of get that. I don't think they could rush to that and come out and say something. They need to take a moment. This one, there is no excuse. You've had months knowing this. Yep. These people have been kicked out of the company weeks ago. Additionally, you had to do something uh, just, proper here. Just to go back to the first one where they didn't, you know, really do anything. They 
they released the tweet specifically without the ha- they were like oh we want to say this before the stream before the ubisoft forward you know blah 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 we're so sorry but they didn't have the hashtag ubisoft forward well to be fair it wasn't part of the event but it should have been it should have been it should have like, been that that got revealed i think point. i think it was like 2 hours before the event itself i i think as full speed actually defending me as a company, they need to be like, okay, hold up. We need to actually do our due diligence here and look into this. Whether that was done or not is ir- irrelevant. And by the looks of things, they haven't. But I think at that moment, they couldn't rush out and do another video. And I also think, yeah, I kind of understand why you wouldn't put the hashtag on it. Because one, you're cheapening the the uh, what you want to say. You're making mm-hmm. it part of the event. And also, yeah, it didn't need to be part of that. It needed to be something separate. Yeah, That's but the, the first but then time. the issue is that it doesn't get the spotlight that it should do. Doesn't get the spotlight. So. I think that was just that was a whole f- a different fuck up. But this one, they had time. They filmed something. Like <laughs> it, it is, it is absolutely it is irresponsible and unforgivable what they've done here. And it's it's really really disappointing from a company that I want to do well. I know a lot of people have shit against Ubisoft. And fair enough. A lot yeah. of the games are derivative and stuff like that. I like a lot of their games, stuff like that. I want this company to do well. I don't want to see any company go under. But this behavior is just fucked. Yeah, but- you know, as a fan of the games, I don't want to have to feel like I have to defend the company when they keep doing stuff like this. It just like they- man, it makes me feel coming out and doing a video and, and, and acknowledging stuff is the right move to do but they could not have got this any more wrong i also want to i guess sort of put forward uh for anyone who does enjoy a ubisoft game for the game that it is you are allowed to enjoy the game that's okay you're you're allowed to enjoy the product that you have purchased but you do not need to under any circumstances accept this kind of bullshit from a company who can, should, and must do better if they are going to continue to survive. Because otherwise, all it's going to take is enough people going, all right, that's it, we're done, and not buying their products. And then that leaves the unfortunate, hardworking, talented developers in a shittier situation. And I mean, this is a whole other topic on itself, because I think... Mm. If... if Almost every company has instances of this. It's just Ubisoft is the one in the spotlight right now. A few months ago, it was stuff happening at Rockstar. There's been stuff happening at Naughty Dog. Every company's had this. Uh, and I, there, there would be, you know, countless uh, stories that haven't been told yet from other developers that we don't even know about yet. Like, this, this behavior is rife, and companies need to start taking responsibility and acting appropriately and i think the first step in that is is taking responsibility and that's something that ubisoft just it keeps shirking out of but let's move on that's again it's a whole different topic that we could go on about for ages and we're probably not the right people to speak about it no um let's move on to some of the announcement we're gonna focus on two announcements here because there was a bunch of little things here and there but we're gonna mainly focus on two um first of all prince of persia sands of time is getting a remake um there's prince sands of time came in back in 2003 if you want to feel old um, now this would have been a really cool reveal, but unfortunately, as with every Ubisoft event, it was part of the the leak fest <laughs> that was sort of revealed a day before it was meant to. 
Um, this game is being remade by the team at Ubisoft India. So they have teams based in Mumbai and Pune. I, I looked at the pronunciation of that. I apologize if I got it wrong. Uh, this will be coming out January 21st next year. We've got new combat in the game, new camera, beloved series. But you know what? Looks rough as hell. Graphically, it looks like a just, PS3 game. It, it, it didn't look... It didn't look right. I think the biggest thing was in the official screenshots that came out, there is a uh, shot that has a double, a doubled up character model in the background. This is an official screenshot that came oh, out. Oh no. Mm. Yeah. Now they've come out and said that the art, the art style, quote unquote, was a purposeful choice by the team to keep the game looking different from Assassin's Creed because there's obviously going to be a parallel draw between the two. I don't really buy into that. No. Now, I'm going to butcher this name. Pierre Sylvain Giris. I'm sorry, Pierre. Um, game director at Ubisoft India had this to say, quote, We decided to go for a unique visual treatment to make the game stand out from other games. It's unique. not another Assassin's Creed. It's not like the same Prince of Persia from 20, uh, 2008. It has to be unique. This magic, this fantasy is shown through the saturation, through the light. So also, it's also a challenge to redefine the visual identity of the game with this remake. Now, where he says, end quote, where he says through the saturation and through the light, yeah, the game did have a really specific sort of filter over it that was very memorable. It was, it was very saturated. It, it felt very um, warm. Like, I don't know. It had a certain feel to yeah. it. Like, whenever, I, whenever you saw Prince of Persia's uh, screenshot, you're like, I know, I know what that's from. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair statement. Um, even playing it back in my rented version of Video Easy. <laughs> this wasn't the problem on this. It oh, was no. just things looked jagged. Yeah. Things look lifeless. They increase the polygon a, count. This please. is a port. This is not a remake. This is a this port. Is, yeah, this is an upscaled port. And this I appreciate it. Okay, you fix up the combat, you fix up the camera. Cool. I I I I imagine because there's been a lot of backlash towards this, I think this will get pushed back. And I yeah. think pushing it back is gonna hurt it because I'm not even sure if it's coming out on next gen consoles. I think yeah, it could be I, a current gen thing. I had a question about that. So, do we know what it's coming out on? Is this going to be I'm like fairly a- sure. Okay, this is the the January twenty first date. From what I've seen, is just PS four and Xbox One. I hope they push this back to like mid next year, amp it up a little bit, and bring it up at all, all consoles because this is a franchise that deserves attention. This used to be one of the biggest franchises in the world, and it just yeah, this used died. to be a flagship title. It, it's one of those games that fell into the whole um, edgy cesspool of the mid-2000s, where they try to make the prince edgier and edgier, and then everyone's like, nah. No. <laughs> Calm down. Don't make like the dark prince and shit like that. Chill. Bring it back. It's a little bit, because it, it, I found it quite a playful game. Um, it, it's a game that is, uh, cause I remember, I never actually fully played it, but I remember uh, I used to read like gaming magazines all the time. And I remember almost every single magazine I read was like really, really fun game. Doesn't take itself too seriously, has a good narrative and yeah, it's a little bit wacky at times, but the biggest problem is the camera. Yeah. And that was so, it. I, like, I said, I saw the fist in the camera. Like, okay. All right, I'm, I, I'm in. Um, I was reading and I have uh, read an article where one of the developers spoke about difficulties they were having in 
basically recreating the game in Ubisoft's Anvil engine, the one that powers the Assassin's Creed games. Assassin's Creed, yeah. Because it's not made for the kind of time-bending mechanics and that sort of stuff that um, uh, Prince of Persia uses. Uh, they're having a bit of trouble there. Um, so maybe, Jesse, your suggestion for an extra six months might help iron out some of the kinks so that at, at the very least the gameplay is still fun and fluid and enjoyable, but... Honestly, I don't see the graphics changing much between now and, you know, uh, January. January. I I hope I hope they do. Like I I really really want this game to do well. Um but I want it to look a little bit better at least. Just up the polygon count, you know, please and I don't know, smooth out a couple of other bits and pieces and we should be good. I want this game to do too well for two reasons. I think this is a a tale worth replaying. I, I love this game is old enough that a lot of people and forgotten that uh, it's sort of everyone who played it loves it, but a lot of people haven't heard of it or never or at least never played it. So I, I would love the idea of people playing this for the first time. I think it's gonna be really cool. Also, I'll pick it up definitely. This is something that in the pre-show I was talking about Ubisoft. I have a lot of things to bitch, bitch, bitch you about. Um, but I like how they have different branches worldwide. Ubisoft India. India is not a country known for its game development. I'm sure they have just like unbound talent in that country to do this. And but they to become, you know, sort of known for it and to be able to produce bigger and better games, they need to have a few hits coming out of, coming out of there. So I'm hoping this one lands well and they say, hey, Ubisoft India, you killed that. You get to make the next one. Hell yeah. Let's see what the country can do. Remake oh, Far Cry I, 2 next. Yeah. Oh my god, please. Holy that shit. Actually, that was something they said. It was like, oh, this is the first like first ever remake from Ubisoft. From Ubisoft, yeah. They've never done a remake. Which is weird. I swear that... Like, because remakes are such a common thing these mm. days. I was like, like huh. And it, it's kind of weird because you imagine that Ubisoft kind of having, like, being shoulder deep in every money-grabbing barrel. This yeah. is one they haven't even opened yet. <laughs> yeah, like, come on. I'm excited to play Ubisoft, like, Assassin's Creed Odyssey remastered in three months. (laughs) Hang on. With Skyrim. (laughs) Now, moving along to the other game that really caught our eyes. Um, It's Gods and Monsters. Oh, wait. They fucked up and they ruined the name. Gods and Monsters got renamed Immortals Phoenix Rising. Now, this revelation came about uh, about a a few days prior to Ubisoft Forward. You would have seen this on StoryModeGaming.com. Um... Yeah, the game has been renamed Immortals Phoenix Rising. Who the fuck knows why? And will be releasing December 3rd. Now, Immortals Phoenix Rising is an open-world adventure game in a similar style to Breath of the Wild. Um, made by the creators of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, who got that into the mythology of Greek you know, lore that they needed to make a separate game. Uh, players will lead uh, the titular hero Phoenix on a quest to protect the gods from Typhon. A hundred-headed, so it should be a hundred-headed beast considered one of the most deadly monsters in Greek mythology. I I wrote that as part of my article for the site. Typhon is meant to have a hundred heads. Fun fact in this game, doesn't look it. Look like he got one. So, I don't know. He's <laughs> on his last point of health, I guess. <laughs> now, this game was meant to come out early this year, but yeah, it got pushed back. Um, the rumor was going to be next February, but yeah. December 3rd, ironically enough, my birthday. So everyone who, if, if everyone listening wants to buy me a couple of um, copy of Immortals Phoenix Rising, 
I'm getting myself a lot of copies. I'm getting myself about 15 copies rising. So, (laughs) cheers, cheers all. Just open, open up like your post box, and it all just falls out, and you're like, yeah, yay! If it was called Gods and Monsters, I wouldn't mind as much. Yay! (laughs) Let's 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 land on that point first of all. Yeah. How shit's the new name? And why do I care so much? Nope. Okay, Keelan, you think the name's good? The new name is good because it's a lot more appropriate for the tone that they're going for in this game. And I think the that's tone, a fair statement. I, I think the tone is really demonstrated by that uh, that trailer, that official trailer that they released with the weird music. And I don't know, it's it's not taking itself very seriously. And I, gods and monsters sound so official. It sounds so like AAA, big, you know, serious, gritty. It's not that at all. This it's could have been a new AAA series from... Ubisoft though, AAA games don't need to be serious. You can be a little bit slapstick, but I, I I don't think judging from the gameplay and stuff like that, that this game is going that far in like a comical direction. The trailer they showed, the actual like um narrative, the, the gameplay trailer they showed, had like a, like some funk song playing. I know the song, I can't pick what it was, and it just didn't suit. It was like the whole Godfall situation earlier this year where they picked a, a like a, a rap song that just didn't suit the game. To, it was to be fair, it wasn't again. that bad, but as it wasn't Godfall, that bad. No, but okay, it wasn't that bad. But it was the same sort of general yes. principle of like this doesn't really suit it. And I think judging from like the longer playthroughs I've seen. I don't think it quite gives off the right um, temperament of the game. I don't know. Gods and Monsters is a cool name. It's a great Lana Del Rey song. Lana Del Rey, friend of the show. Um, <laughs> Immortals Phoenix Rising sounds like something that would be advertised before a YouTube video and you would skip it. Yeah, it does that's sound like a bit like a mobile it's game. Like, what's that, what's that, that raid? That fucking um, raid okay. game that keeps getting advertised to me? Uh, raid Shadow Legends or whatever? Raid, raid Shadow Legends. It's something like that. Play now for free. Um, right. My opinion on this, I think I I kind of fall in between here. I like the name Immortals Phoenix Rising. I do not like the fucking way they spelt Phoenix. What the fuck, man? Fuck off. Just spell it the way it's supposed to be fucking spelt. Or give the person a name. Be like Immortals Frank Rising. Frank's an ancient Greek name. I don't... Um, Maybe I did see a really good name for a uh, like a really good name suggested in one of the comment sections of IGN's twenty minutes of gameplay for the game, um, and uh, yeah, they said uh, Phoenix Gods and Monsters. I like that. Phoenix would still be a spell wrong. Yeah, mm. you, you can't fix. You can't fix stupid. You can't fix illiteracy. Unfortunately, <laughs> I, I gods and monsters sounded bold. It felt fresh, and I know it's it's such a small thing to get stuck on, but I've noticed that everyone is stuck on this name. <laughs> but the thing is, as well with gods and monsters, I feel like that would probably end up getting your average consumer uh, confused with Godfall. Mm, but that's like saying that's like people are gonna get say that's like saying people are gonna get Immortals Phoenix Rising confused with Immortals the shitty Marvel TV show and Metal Gear Rising. But right, hang on, Godfall, a game, and uh Gods and Monsters, you Metal know, Gear Rising, kind of like Outer Worlds and Outer Wilds. So yeah. let's go down that one again, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> one great game and one game. <laughs> We'll let you, dear viewer, listener, whatever you're doing, guess which one's which. Now, moving along, the game does look very Breath of the Wild inspired. I won't get too down the rabbit hole of directly comparing it. Um, You can create your own character. 
which I quite like. Um, collecting weapons, armors, and cosmetics throughout the game. You will also collect gods. I think I think these are gonna be called gods blessings. The different abilities. So in the trailers, we see uh, one has spears coming up from the ground. So you get a bit of an AOE attack. Um, the other one is the wings of Daedalus that we use Phoenix use to get around, um, fly around the island, and uh, you, know, you can also use it in combat. You'll be fighting Cyclops, Automatons, Harpies, Medusas, and Hecatonkrays. They're big, giant... Um, Hecatonkeys, is what they are. Hecatonkeys. Heck of big boys, you know what I mean? Yeah, they got arms. Um, they're multi-armed giants. Arms. And, Keelan, I'm really happy that you brought up um, Age of Mythology at the start of the show. Mm. Because I'm like, oh, yeah, I know these guys. These are like mm. my, like, these are like my just cannon fodder dudes. When I play as the, <laughs> the Greek culture in the game. That's why I know all these creatures from. Um, also, apparently you fight a magician. Okay. I need to ask some of this. Now, I, I know I could find this out very easily myself using the internet. But I want to ask. Is a Medusa a type of creature? Or is Medusa a creature? Is there one Medusa, Medusa who's like a person? Medusa is a person. Then what are the, other, are the other ones that are called Gorgons? Yes. All right. I, I worked out my own problem and that's good job. <laughs> I just had a flashback of, of watching the um, Hercules cartoon. I'm like, go Gorgons. I remember them now. That's um, it. <laughs> now the whole game is going to be narrated by Zeus and Prometheus up there in what do they call it? Mount Olympus, chilling, having a chat, talking about the game, talking about the story. Which I, I, I like that. If they go into a bit of lore, I'm, I'm kind of hoping their stories are very much like uh, Mamiya in God of War. Just telling you tales and mythology and stuff like that. I think that'd be really cool. Um, Whole Island is open up from the start, which I love, and divided into regions, each ruled by a different god. So you have the fire area, the desert area, mm. the jungle area. <laughs> That's normal bullshit. And it's going to be all, um, all gens, all consoles, uh, including PC and the Switch. How are we feeling about this game? I like it. I want to see more. Um, I want to play this game. I, I, you know, I'm pretty tired of open world games, but this just looks to scratch a few itches that, you know, were, were pleasant for me in the past. Breath of the Wild, um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, of course, as well. Um, I really enjoyed those experiences, and I think it may be something similar enough to get me back on board with these big open world um checkpoint based kind of games so i'm keen for it but you i'm i'm not that impressed to be honest i think this holds a lot of promise and i think it's got a huge amount of potential but from what i've seen thus far i'm not blown away by it is it I just, think it's nothing new, or it just it just it, it's actually kind of like pushing you away, sort of. Um, I think uh, I'm kind of neutral towards it overall. I think, like I said, like uh, cool. This has awesome potential to do really, really well, and could be a really fun game. But there's nothing about it that makes me go, "I want to buy that game. I want to spend sixty dollars." Oh, $80 or whatever, go it. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. spend all that money on that game and invest my time into that game. There's no, like, wow factor that's pulling you in. There's, there's nothing that's pulling yeah. me into it at all. There's nothing that's pushing me away. I'm just... Actually, I say that, but, I mean, I think the UI looks awful in the, in the gameplay demo. I think the UI looks so bad. But that aside, 
Like I'm not, nothing's offensive or repulsive or anything like that. It's just, uh, eh, eh. It's, it looks like a Breath of the Wild clone, even down to some of the animations. I'm which, hey, isn't a bad thing. Breath of the Wild's a great mm. game. And right. which a lot of Breath of the Wild well stuff was done in other games. So. Could very Ooh. well work in its favour. So we'll, we'll see. And, you know, I'll withhold full judgment and criticism until I see perhaps a bit more of the game. But until then, I'm not bothered by it. Keelan, I sort of land more, more where you are, especially in regards to open world games. I, I burnt out on Ghost of Tsushima because I'm just like, it's, it's so much. Uh, and I've just like, it's sort of travelling a long way to do the same thing. Yeah. However... I've become very forgiving with games of a certain art style, and it is that Breath of the Wild art style, because I think if Breath of the Wild was a lot more realistic, like redone to look like Skyrim or something like that, I'll get bored of it real quick, because it doesn't have that charm that really pushes me to go further. This game has that, and mixed in with Greek mythology and any sort of monster mythology I'm really into, mm. it, it seems like a perfect sort of storm for me, where if I can go into... Yeah, you know, little secret areas and find out about some monsters and gods and stories that I've never heard of. I love that. That's cool. You find some stuff, some cool visual storytelling. I'm really into it. So I think that's also the appeal for me. Like there's enough, like it's whimsical and you just, you don't mind being in that world for a long time. Whereas other open worlds kind of feel like a little bit oppressive and a little bit just unpleasant to be in i don't know if ghost of tsushima is one of those but i feel like i would feel safe like i can have fun in in the world of immortals I like um that. all i know yeah, is i'm gonna buy the game and and print out my own little um cover to put into the sleeve and it's gonna say gods and monsters on it in comic sans because i think shit um fair enough um <laughs> now, also quickly just going back to the trailer itself i thought that trailer looked kind of rough in a few places i thought there was a few like from a cinematography point of view i think a lot of the angles and the shots that they did were really cool but there were just as many that weren't i i see kind of what you mean i, I felt like that it did feel like a bit of a cheap trailer yeah um i don't know enough about cinematography to get into like the shot and stuff so shots and stuff like that however watching the gameplay ease any sort of, I think it was just a bit of a not the greatest trailer in the world but yeah watching the gameplay is like okay I'm in it, it, it alleviated any sort of fears I have now I just want to touch upon one quick more one more quick thing uh, a bit of an announcement I didn't see coming at the Ubisoft forward event there's going to be a crossover between Ubisoft and Zero Latency Zero Latency is a a VR sort of arcade you can go to you put on a headset you have a backpack with a laptop on it and you have a gun, and you run around a room, and it looks like it's zombies and shit. Every place is going to have a place similar to Zero Latency, even if you don't have a Zero Latency proper. Um, this crossover has resulted in something called Far Cry Dive Into Insanity. It's going to be a one-to-eight player experience, case of 30 minutes, set on Rook Island from Far Cry 3, where you'll be having to escape the island and escape the forces of Vars. Uh, Far Cry 3, one of the greatest games ever, in VR, yep. a shortened mm-hmm. down version. It's just half an hour seems very, very short for this. Yeah. Um, but again, yeah. I haven't done zero latency, so maybe within that sort of that sort of realm, it feels like forever. It may be appropriate, yeah. Um, yeah and I'm be- sure they're going to know better than I do who hasn't played it. But how do we feel about this in VR? 
I'm, I, I'm keen. I love the concept of it. I think yeah. that sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was a little bit unsure about what was happening, but then I watched the trailer. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I could do this for half an hour. I don't think and I yeah. want any more than that. Yeah. It looks like they haven't been enough bit. too much. It's basically like mm. escape this base and you, you, mm. you'll get out. You'll be fine. I, I love the idea of really short burst VR experiences. Again, not your normal PSVR, put your headset on, sit on the couch sort of situation, but in a room with friends, you're all playing multiplayer. You can see each other because of the whole zero latency setup. Games like Assassin's Creed can be really cool where one of you plays the assassin. Imagine a game like Hitman where one of you plays the assassin. And it's like Cluedo and you've got to figure out who yeah. it was. That would be awesome. That'd be sick. That'd be fun. That'd be so Zero latency, call me because I just came up with that idea. I have dozens more. Hey, Zumbini's VR. Is there any, any chance it could VR be you? After it, it'd be fine. What makes you think it's me? I don't know. Maybe the fact that you're bald. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm going to mention this again. Zero latency, mash VR. <laughs> no, because no, it could all be in the operating theater, and one of you gets the short straw and has to play radar and come in and tell tell them that the plane went down over the Sea of Japan. There was no survivors. God, yeah, oh, that get rough. But also, the rough actually, game. just another thing, actually, because you mentioned sort of uh, surprising announcements. Scott Pilgrim versus the World, the video game, what re-release? Like that was been, massively. That's been teased. You need to read our site more because that has been teased for ages. Yeah. But the problem is, the Scott Pilgrim IP has been in. Like legal Limbo. hell yeah. for years. And I was like, ah, oh, no, nah. there's no way this is going to get resolved in time. So the fact that it has massively it, surprised. So the whole thing, um, sorry, I'm blanking on the name of the guy who made Scott, who did the whole Scott Pilgrim thing. Um, but oh, he was so saying fun. that, you know, there's no hope for this game being made. Then he was saying that it looks like Ubisoft is making it, but they haven't contacted us, and that's bullshit. And then Ubisoft got in contact with him and blah, 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 back and forth, back and forth. And then for the last few months, at least, there's been um, a few little hints he's been dropping. Uh, Edgar Wright also jumped in and you know, he put his support behind it. And then I'm pretty sure the, the creator of the franchise tweeted, hey, tune into Ubisoft forward. So, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I'm cool to play because I've only ever heard good things. Love the film. Uh, haven't I read the novels the yet. Nope. I've heard good Don't things. like the film. You don't like the film? No, right. A couple of my mates don't like it as well. They're like, oh, no, it's a rubbish film. I'm like, oh, it's so good. It's just filled with charm and, like, silly moments and stuff. And I just think it's so fun. I just so like that he plays bass. God, Pilgrim's uh, a jerk. Oh, yeah. But that's no, the We're friends, aren't we? Yeah. Are we friends? I'm tired of watching things of Filled with terrible people. But the, his name's the, Michael Sarah, and yes, positive. he is terrible. <laughs> but the point, the point is that yes, he is a bit of a jerk, and he doesn't. He he's fooling under the nice guy mentality, and this corrects him along the way. And I like that. I think it's good. I think it's a good it's a good film about a bad person. Yes. Like if you watch that film and say, "Hey, I want to be like Scott Pilgrim," don't. No, do <laughs> you not. Don't want no. to be like him because he's a piece no, of you shit. Do not. The only hero in that whole story is Chow. Oh, poor knives. Um, that's I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to rewatch the film. And also Chris yeah. Evans, because anything Chris Evans is, is in is good, because Chris Evans. <laughs> Hells yeah. <laughs> Let's wrap it up there. Um, if you want to hear us talk more about 
Scott Pilgrim. Why not? <laughs> We're on Spotify and iTunes and all other good podcasting platforms. So jump on, subscribe, and leave us a review while you're at it. Also check out Fan Critical Podcasts on all those same good po- podcasting platforms. They are currently reviewing Lovecraft Country, um, which they yeah just hearing rave reviews about. So if you're watching the show, go check it out. If you haven't watched the show, go watch the show, then check it out. You can go read about our bullshit at sorrymodegaming.com. Josh just chucked up his review of Tony Hawk Pro Skater Remake 1 and 2. What a good game. Um, and I think him and myself share a lot of the same opinions on it. If you want to get in contact with us directly, we're at storymodevideogamepodcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook at storymodegamingoz and Twitter at storymodeoz. You can also check us out on Patreon. Just search for Fan Critical. Chuck a couple bucks our way if you wish to get access to a few extra shows and to the Discord server run by Simon Evans. You can go in there and talk to him about... The Breath of the Wild and the Zelda timeline. And and gods and monsters, but it'll be the Lana Del Rey song and you can discuss it to him. Um, Yeah, I'd much rather discuss that. It's a good fucking song. I'm glad I've mentioned it so many times. It's a banger. Yeah, it's a great song. Lana Del Rey, friend of the show. Um, And with that... Uh, I will. Uh, we will depart from your ears, uh, Keelan. Thanks for joining us, buddy. Thank you, Simon. Cheers. Thank you, and everyone listening. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. Go play some games, and and just just go forward. Put a little on your forehead. A little kiss on your forehead. Little on your forehead. See, magical. And we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye. Ekin Tonky is what they are.